Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we were in the book of Joshua in chapter number five. We had been talking about Joshua when the captain of the uh, Lord's host had appeared unto him with the sword drawn. And the conversation went something like this, that Joshua said unto him, are you for us or against us? And the captain of the host, uh, the Lord's host said, no, uh, neither. Uh, uh, I am actually uh, sent here for a purpose. Uh, I am come. And uh, it says in verse number uh, 15, And the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy feet, for the place whereupon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, we had used also Moses in chapter 3 of the book of Exodus as an example when he approaches the burning bush. Now, you have to remember, these are actual historical events that took place in the lives of these men. And we have to look at the situation and try to figure out why were they told these things? And of course, to Moses, once again, it is told to him that the ground that he is standing on uh, is holy. God is holy, and wherever his presence is, then those things wind up being touched by his presence and making them holy. As uh, Jesus had described in the New Testament, that the altar is what makes the sacrifice holy. So when we are on God's altar, then we are made holy. Romans in chapter 12, in verse 1, it talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. So when we place our lives on God's altar, our life is made holy. Notice, it's, it's not holy because, you know, we don't do this or we do this or... It's holy because it is in his presence. It is in the place that he has chosen. And it is in that one particular spot that he is present and makes whatever is present there holy also. So we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. The reason also is because the Holy Spirit dwells in our life. And because he dwells in our life, according to the book of First and Second Corinthians, we are told, do you not know that you are the temple of the Spirit of God, that he dwelleth in you? So that in itself makes or would make us holy, because it is the place where the Holy Spirit is dwelling. So he would cause us. And of course, we are commanded, be holy as I am holy, he also says, be merciful as I am merciful, and be therefore perfect as I am perfect. That means we cannot be given these commands or these things that are told to us and then say, well, you know, it's not possible. If he says it's possible, then it is possible. What we want to look at today is out of the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, it'll actually uh, uh, cover this in a little bit more of, of uh, an extended basis. It helps us understand why Jerusalem uh, has been selected by God, why the temple 
mount uh, where Solomon built the temple was important, why the tabernacle dwelt uh, with the people of Israel those 40 years that they were out there in the wilderness, that they had no permanent place, but it moved with them. <clears throat> so uh, let's get started. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1 onward. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. So notice, even though this was given to the Jewish people, Israel, they still did not own or they still had not entered into the promised land, yet they are told what they are to do there. Now, we had had already Jacob uh, being present at a particular spot. Uh, we had Abraham uh, went and sacrificed at a very particular spot. And how uh, David was told uh, to purchase a particular spot. And that is where the temple that Solomon built was going to be built. Now, let's look at this. Verse number 2. You shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess served their gods. Upon the mountains, the high mountains, and upon the hills, and upon and, and under every green tree. Talking about the groves, the, the places where all these trees were, where they went to, they went to go and sacrifice, and they went to go and worship. And they, they were commanded that when you enter into the land, you have got to destroy these places because they represent the places where the false gods dwell were these false gods. And, and later on, he goes on to describe that these false gods were nothing but demons. Devils is the word that is used. And that's what they were worshiping without realizing it. And of course, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter number 10, when you read about Paul talking about partaking of the Lord's table and partaking of the table of devils, that's exactly what he's talking about, about two different places or places where the worship of false gods takes place and we can't be partakers of that. Now, it goes on to say in verse number three, and you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars. Now, think about that. Uh, a little pillar, a memorial, is what Jacob had set up uh, that he had been using as his pillow. He said, you shall break their pillars, burn their groves with fire. Now, when you see this, this is what God told Gideon after the people in the book of uh, Judges had uh, abandoned God and everybody did that which was right in his or her own eyes thinking that, you know, they that, that was good enough, which was not. Uh, the Bible says that God told Gideon, I want you to go cut down uh, the grove. I want you to destroy and knock down their pillars. I want you to burn. So here we see uh, an obedience to a certain command that had already been given even before they possessed the land. You shall overthrow their altars, break their pillars, and burn their groves with fire. You shall hew down their images 
of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. This is why when they entered into the promised land, there was war. That's why they were casting out the inhabitants of the land. That's why they were commanded to do, uh, destroy everything and everyone. We see this in the book of 1 Samuel. When uh, King Saul is told to annihilate the the Amalekites, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember, make sure I got, got it, the, the Amalekites, uh, and, and not another name, but anyway, he was told to, to get rid of them, and he did not. He spared King Aag, and the people spared the best animals. You have to remember, these things had been dedicated to their false gods. These things were probably and had been part of their worship in the land. So when it came to the groves, the places where they worship, and the things that they had made, the altars and the pillars and the images, they were to destroy everything that was in that place. To also get rid of the names of those false gods that the people were worshiping. In verse uh, number uh, four onward, it says, You shall not do so unto the Lord your God. But unto the place, verse number five, listen to this. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there even unto his, inhabit, his habitation shall you seek and thither shall you come. So God tells them there's going to be a place out of the 12 tribes that we're going to select. That's why when the tribes uh, separated, some stayed on one side of the Jordan, River Jordan, and some on the other, it became such a big issue because they set up a memorial uh, as a reminder uh, of where God had brought them through. And the people that were on the side of uh, uh, the Canaan land, the, the Jews, they wanted to go to war with the other ones for having set up uh, a, a monument which they actually thought was an altar, and God had forbidden these things. So these things all begin to make sense all of a sudden when we begin to realize that God had selected. Now, this was to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people specifically. Now, is there anything or something that is specific to the New Testament? Yes, there is, and we're going to get to it. Uh, let's continue. So God says, I'm, wherever I put my name, just like the false gods had put their name, that is the place that you're going to come. Well, God selected just one place. It was the temple there where Solomon uh, had built in Jerusalem. That was the only place to sacrifice. To this day, after 2,000 years, when the Roman armies destroyed the temple, the Jewish people have had no place to sacrifice. Therefore, they no longer do or offer the sacrifices that were offered when they had been commanded by the Lord to bring them to the temple or uh, bring them to that one specific place. Once that was done, uh, then they had an issue. Now, of course, Jesus winds up being the Passover lamb for us, the sacrifice of God that taketh away all the sins of the world. And 
all of this changed, but the the place that God selected was still the place that God selected. That is where he put his name. That's why Jerusalem and the Temple Mount has been such a place of controversy throughout so many centuries since they were expelled from the land and dispersed throughout all these tribes throughout the entire earth. And only recently, you know, uh, in May of uh, 1948, that they got the land back. And of course, only recently when Jerusalem, uh, and I'm talking about 2020, 2021, Jerusalem was made the capital of Israel, that these things begin to make a little bit more sense. But but it says in verse number 6, this is where you're going to bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and your heave offerings of your hands and your vows and your free will offerings and the firstlings of your herds of your flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto and your households wherein the Lord God has blessed thee. And you shall not do after the things that 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 we do here this day every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes for you are not as yet come into the rest into your rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you now as we wind up here to the conclusion in the new testament we find churches throughout the entire planet christians worshiping and serving god and many times we assume that place, and we will call it, or people do call it, the house of God. But what makes it the house of God? It's, 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 not, it's not the building itself. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, and, uh, and 20. It says, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am i in the midst of them that's what makes the church the church not the building but the people that are gathered there together in agreement in his name. Just like when the 120 were in the upper room, they were gathered together. It was more than two or three of them. And they were all in one agreement, one accord. And what happens? The presence and the power of God through the manifestation of tongues of fire and the manifestations of the sound of a rushing wind filled that place and filled them with the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, the temple of God was indwelt again. Not like it had happened during the time of uh, Eli, where the Bible says it was called Ichabod, in other words, the, the son that was named after one of the, 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 the two sons of Eli that the glory of God had departed while the glory of God once again was restored in the life of every individual that comes to Christ. Where two or three are gathered, there is where he is 
in the midst of them. Consider this together. Next time you want to consider just staying at home by yourself and saying, well, I can have church here by myself. No, you can't. There has to be at least two or three or more. Then the fulfillment of Matthew 18.20 fulfills itself in your life. You become the place where the Lord has said, that is where I have put my name. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. Amen.